0: What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the raw, real and vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Bam. Oh my fucking God. I am on a high. We just had our in-person Perth event live fearlessly. It was three hours on the weekend at the most beautiful location. All of my team was there. Tracy Callahan flew in from the opposite side of Australia. She is my incredible support coach for true transformation. Monique. My beautiful operations manager, she was there. Oh, I was just, oh my God. I'm just on such a fucking high from the weekend that was. If you haven't been to one of my events, the next time that there is one, make a fucking way to get out of your way. Make a way out of no way to get in my space. You will not regret it. Ugh. Oh, Work is just, this work is so powerful, so potent, so pivotal, so life-changing And being in person with women who light you the fuck on fire, wow, it's just medicine for the soul. Truly, truly transformative work was done on the weekend. And I'm so excited for every woman who came along to continue to lean in and share with me the breakthroughs that they are experiencing and receiving from attending. Fam, today, I am so excited to share with you this incredible guest episode with One of my mentors, one of my teachers, my spiritual teacher, and one of my very, very good friends, Miriam Brewer. If you resonate with the Herpes Conversation fam, we really get to all be in so much gratitude for this woman. Miriam is someone who supported me in breaking free from that shame, that pain that I was going through, that I was navigating. Miriam Brewer for me is the biggest permission slip that could ever exist of someone that just is their fucking self, someone who says what they mean in the moment, someone who is not afraid to be seen, not afraid to be seen in her joy, in her laughter, in her pleasure, in her sadness, in her anger. Miriam is someone that is of full service to humanity and not from a place that fills her ego account, her bank account, but just pure fucking service. She does this work from the pure love of it. She's such a yes to so much that could almost seem like obligation or responsibility. And I mean, these are just some of the things that I'm thinking and feeling. But then when I think about it myself, it's kind of like the herpes journey. It's like God fucking hand wrote that shit on my soul. And there was a big part of my personality that was like, fuck no, do I want to be the herpes chick on the internet? That is not hey. a yes for me that is my personality was like that is a no that is a no god i hear you i can feel you i fucking feel you and i'm a no i don't want to do that but sometimes what our personality is a no to our soul is just a motherfucking yes to and miriam has really supported me to be more and more of a yes to my yes and she's so inspiring she's so beautiful she's so funny I just want to feel happy, her laugh cracks me the fuck up. She just <laughs> Miriam, when I had that dildo story, I was like, who can I tell this story to that will find this the funniest of all? I'm like Miriam. I call her, I'm like, I've got a story for you. And I tell her, she's just cracking up laughing. Oh my God. She's just the best. She's just the best. She's tapped in. She's so connected to God. She is just fucking beautiful. I really hope that you get a lot of value out of today. We're diving deep into clearing conversations, inner child, intimacy, the power of women, the power of asking for support. We just go into so many different little crevices and spaces that if you're really open to receiving, I feel like this will be really powerful for you to hear. And I also want to share with you, Jake and I are actually completing our lease two months early. And we've been going through some really courageous conversation and it's been a really, yeah, vulnerable and emotional time for me. And when I went to record this podcast, I had it in my schedule recorded podcast today (laughs) and I just wasn't feeling up to it. I was just such a no. I was such a no. I was such a no. And I knew that I had to be in commitment to my word and do the fucking thing. And so I thought to myself, what am I going to do? I just don't want to do this by myself today. My inner child doesn't want to do this today. I need help. I need support. And so I did what I knew I needed to do. And I reached out to people who I knew could support me. I reached out to Tracy, who was my support coach in True Transformation. And I reached out to Miriam. And Tracy was like, I'm a fucking yes to helping you today. I just can't until 6 p.m. tonight. And Miriam was like, I'm available in 30 minutes. And so I just share that with you to let you know, I listened back to the podcast because I was like, fuck, I was so in my humanness on this day that I bet I sounded like absolute fucking shit and did Miriam such an injustice. And uh, that's not true at all. And I want you to hear the power of my communication and know that I did that through receiving support. I am more and more and more back when I ask for support from other people, and I hope that lands for you in your space in your world that you can show up powerfully in your humanness and the way to do that is by asking for help from others people you like love and trust and people who really desire to see you thrive fam i hope that you love listening to today's episode just as much as i loved recording it if you love this episode please screenshot it share it to your story tag me tag miriam because she will be so fucking excited to connect with you i cannot wait to hear what you receive Strap yourself in fam, let's fucking go. Miriam Brewer, welcome to Raw, Real and
1: Vulnerable. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I've been watching you from afar and loving everything that you do say or speak into. I think you're a, a pretty inspirational leader and I'm super excited to see what unfolds here today.
0: If someone was to ask, who is Miriam Brewer and what do
1: you do? Who is Miriam Brewer and what is it that you do? Well, I skipped the beginnings of months. January and February do not even exist for me anymore. That's my big realisation for 2023. True story. But who I am and who I be and what do I do? I'm a life specialist and I live for the moment meaning nowism, like I live in the now moment. And throughout everything that I've done or been through, my channel just widens even more to allow me to be a conduit for unveiling the unveil that people cannot see within themselves. So I'm very good at kicking someone up the arse and at the same time giving them a kiss and breathing more love into them. And not always am I liked for that and I'm okay with that. Mm. Yes, you can be a massive trigger for a lot
0: of people. I have firsthand been able to experience and witness that. But on the other side of the trigger, there's often, if not always, massive breakthrough for the person that you're either kicking up the bum or loving so beautifully. What has you say yes to? everything that you just shared, does it come from a sense of responsibility or obligation or just
1: you have to What how you say yes to all of that? It's actually a really good question because I'm actually pondering it with all of this myself as to why I say yes, because a very good coach the other day asked me, well, what's your payoff? What do you get for doing that? And I think she knows who she is. And so I've been pondering with that question. That with me. Yeah. Why is it I do what I do and why now and why always if I can say yes, saying yes and not a no? It's because it makes me feel good to help people. It also, I love seeing people succeed. I was an underdog at Mm. school and I also was a bully and I was bullied. And my husband says to me, when I'm not helping people, I'm a fucking nightmare. So that's part of the reason that I do what I do and I love it. I really, really love seeing people shine. Hmm. I resonate very
0: deeply with that and I feel like that's why you and I get each other so immensely. I am a little bit of a nightmare when I'm not helping people. I find it so funny that the two things that God gave me was A, herpes (laughs) and B, I'm a really good person at helping people. Like That is my skill set. Every If I was really brilliant at something, I would just love to show off. Like if I could dance really, really well, I'd be in the middle of the petrol station paying for my petrol and I would ask everyone to stop and watch me. And I think because I'm such a show off and have such a massive ego that that's why God gave me herpes and made me really
1: fucking good at helping people. That's it. It could be. But you're also a really good dancer. I'd like to say you're singing. I would love to see you get some singing lessons. <laughs>
0: I didn't know a much better singer than Miriam thinks I am. Um, before we even go into what we spoke about, though, because we are in the herpes conversation right now, I don't think everyone knows what a pivotal role you played in my life when it came to me breaking free from the stigma and the shame of people knowing that I test positive for herpes. Can you even remember that time?
1: My thing was, I had said to you in some program, I had said to you, "Go away and do this." When you have done that, come back to me. And you got the total shits with me for asking you to do that. I don't know if that's your recollection, but that's my recollection. And I I think I ended up getting on a Facebook Live with you to go into your story. Is that correct in any way? That was around the disordered
0: eating because I remember it must have been a really beautiful edging process to set me up for success, to be able to build the body that could hold me being seen in the face of the public talking about herpes. And it started with disordered eating. And after the first time I shared, I was challenged the next day to share again. And I was so scared. And you offered to do it with me. You're like, let's break through this together now. And you got on that video together. with. I can
1: tag it in the show notes. You did it with me. Oh, okay. I I love that about me. I don't remember. So it obviously was great. And it set you free, did it not? it really did. So
0: I want to talk about this nowism that you speak of, Miriam. So I know you're like, I don't remember. I'm practicing the now. I hate January and February. January and February are fucked. I said to Miriam at the beginning of the podcast, what would you love to talk about? And she wrote, January and February fucking suck. So if we're living in the now and January and February fucking suck, how do you live in the now,
1: in the now that January and February fucking suck for you? Well, first of all, I express it. And don't forget, my birthday is in January. So January the 13th is my birthday. And so my wounding is my mother always said to me, um, anyone who's born on the 13th is bad luck. And that's what I heard growing up. The 13th is such bad luck. And so, of course, somewhere in my subconscious, I must have believed it. And then February is her birthday and my dad's birthday is in December. So it goes December, January, February. Interesting. And then as 2023 happened, I was like, all these things were unraveling and are unraveling. It's February the eighth or something today or the sixth, whatever it is. And I'm noticing I should not do business in January, and February. That's a great nowism moment. Why? Well, look what's coming up at, at for me. And then when I look what's coming up for me, it's not new. It's happened again and again and again. Doesn't matter how much work I do now. We live from the calendar of whatever it is this calendar, but the Mayan calendar has thirteen months and it doesn't start till March. I was like, I fucking love that. My year starts in March because it's called March. Hi ho, hi ho, and marching we will go. It feels better, and so I just thought, well, that is my new way of nowism. I'm starting in March. It doesn't mean that I don't practice my now. I still practice my now, but I'm very, however, I'm very clear that January and February, I'm not going to be doing business. I'm just going to chill back for the eight weeks whatever, and start in March, whatever that looks like with whomever I'm working. So that's my decision for 2023. Mm. It may change next year. I don't know.
0: And so if someone was listening right now and they're like, well, Miriam, that's great. That works for you that you can just decide I'm not doing business for January and February. I'm going to start in March this year. How would someone that would maybe define themselves as normal or, well, i got to go to work in January and February no matter what, if they were feeling some amount of resistance and would love to get started and really put their foot down in March, how could they apply that same nowism mentality to the stickiness of January and Feb if they were coming up with resistance as it came to leaning into those months?
1: Well, first of all, if you're you a person that's always done resolutions and you've never kept a resolution, I'd say stop with that. Just don't do it. Oh, it's January the 1st. I'm doing my new regime. Just don't do that. If you've got to go to work, I do believe that most people do take the month of January off, but I'm sure there are some people who are in hospitality and listening to your podcast and they've got to lean into it. I'd say do what makes you feel good and outshine everyone. Like almost fake it till you make it because I don't have a job just so we broke too much month at the end of the money. I don't have that. However, I do get to choose when I work and when I don't work. If you don't get to choose, you got to love what is, but choose to do it differently. If you have always doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, nothing's working. You get to change it. I was always doing the same thing in January, February. And in 2023, I'm 58 now. I'm now choosing to change it. That's an awful lot of years that some of you young'uns have on me to change it. Do it differently, right? you got to go to work, good, go to work, but do, mm-hmm. don't do the same thing. Like do it differently in your now, whatever that looks like.
0: If someone was facing resistance to doing the thing, we'll use going to work, going to a 9-5 and the person thinking, I want something more than this, but I don't know what more is and I resent my boss and I have to go and I hate sitting in front of this computer screen staring at these four walls, but I don't know what's next, and I can't really take action until I have clarity around what the next is,
1: how would they show up differently to that? was a really good question. If you were talking to me, I always have to put me in the context of, if that was me you were talking to, what tool would I be doing to use this differently? So first of all, I'd ask for help. Someone who was doing something similar mm-hmm. or better, I would ask for help. And I would ask for help from someone I know, love and trust because there's no reason for me to ask for help and they're in the same circular thing and they're, they're only going to be able to give me advice on what they're already doing and they already hate what they do, which is why I love the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, and I'm not a big reader. But you go to the person who's successful in that arena and you ask them for the advice. I would ask for advice to someone I know, love and trust, I would be looking at other opportunities. So saying yes to something I would be interested in, and I would be doing some inner child work to remember what my inner child loved when I was little, and could I do that and get paid for it? So I'd be looking through different avenues to find what ignites me and what does not ignite me. And that's where I'd go with that.
0: Oh, Miriam, I love that. And the reason that I love that is the context that I gave you is not something that I'm not unfamiliar with. I remember in my marketing and operations role in corporate, being at this computer, staring at these four rules and wondering what more there was for me and not knowing what to do. And then when it came to asking for help, when it even when it comes to my business, Miriam is actually the person that I turned to for help because I knew that there was a business course that I needed to do. I also knew the person running it. I still owed money to at the time because I had already done a previous course of his Preston Smiles and I called you and I said, I know I need to do this course and you supported me to guide myself to A, having a really honest conversation with Preston about the money that I owed him and B, requesting support to be able to join the program because he was already doing exactly what I desired to do. I just wasn't able to yet, but through a powerful ask, was able to get exactly what I needed.
1: And now we're here. And now we're here. You're an amazing teacher. I thank you.
0: So for someone that was like, why would I connect to my inner child? I'm going to work. Why does my inner child need to be involved?
1: What would you say to her? Well, the inner child is always involved subconsciously or consciously. She's always involved. For me, my inner child is the one that goes, I really want hot chips today. And my adult will go, well, actually, we're eating protein and we're doing this and that. But if you give me hot chips, then I'll just curb it for a moment. And at least you've acknowledged me. So my inner child has has a big say in my life. And it's also my inner child for me was not seen when I was growing up because I grew up way too fast, in my opinion. And it made me who I am today. So it is a gift in strange wrapping paper. But now I'm 58. I can play with her a lot more. Your inner child has so much more to say if you let her speak through you. Now, some people like to write with their dominant hand, like, how are you today, inner child? And then with their non-dominant hand, I'm good, thank you, and the writings all skew with. You can really contact your inner child that way, or you can sit in voice dialogue or gestalt therapy and have someone guide you to meet your inner child. Or you can do a forgiveness ceremony and see how easy people are at forgiving. And quite often, it's the inner child that's often, in my experience, so wounded that she's speaking and she's the one going, I don't want to forgive in that moment. And I, I understand that because there's so much that happens whilst we're growing up. So your inner child is always there and find out what age she is when you are speaking to her. My 13-year-old rebel is very different to my six-year-old little Miriam. My 15-year-old inner child is very different to my 58-year-old woman. So it's really important to acknowledge what age she is and what she'd really like to be doing and make an agreement with her for that day. If she wants hot chips, the thought of me not having hot chips can be worse than me having a few hot chips and going, you know what, that feels good, we're both satisfied. Yay, hashtag satisfied. I'm curious, that part of you that had to grow
0: up too soon When you're communicating with her, what age is that for you?
1: Um, It depends what wound I'm coming from, what filter I'm wearing. But I remember stuttering and not being seen or heard by my parents. And this is not having a go at my parents, but for myself, my taking in responsibility, she can be two, three, four, And then if I'm in my wound, she's usually 13, 14, rebelliousness, puberty. It really depends when I'm really hurting and you've seen me when I'm really hurting. She's usually eight or nine where she wasn't hurt or someone took her pay away or someone lied to her, said that we were going to do something and they didn't, um, stuff like that.
0: And how do you hold an eight, nine, 10 year old through that? What do you do to be with her?
1: If I'm getting coached at the time and I just slip into it, it's a subconscious pattern and I trust the person that's facilitating me because I wouldn't be with them if they couldn't hold me. But if it's me by myself, I will just sit and go, oh, fuck, I'm in a really deep wound right now. So if that wound comes to the surface and I'm talking with Peter or Tess or Sam, any of my family members, and I can see that I'm in that wound, I will stop. Have a conversation with myself and ask for permission to go off and school myself before I come back to doing what I need to do with Pete, Sam, or Tess, or mum, dad, family members, even sometimes clients. Yeah, this is not a good time for me. I'm in something. Give me five just to come back to myself and to see where I'm at is really important for me. I love that. And
0: I know you really, what was really present for you as well was clearing conversations. And I'm wondering, how important do you feel clearing conversations
1: have been in your life recently? Recently, really important. And some of those clearing conversations, I have not set up the situation that I feel safe, but I've done it anyway because I've either been challenged to, or it's important. I like to walk my talk. I like to, um, if I say I'm going to do something, I genuinely really want to do it when I say I'm going to do it. Not always. I'm not perfect. Mm. Not always does that happen. But it's really important that I take responsibility in a clearing conversation and hopefully not come from my wounds. But I think most humans, when they're having a clearing conversation, are in their wounds anyway to have that conversation.
0: For the benefit of the listeners, can you share what a clearing
1: conversation actually is so they understand? Some people hold it very differently to me. Um, a clearing conversation is, so you would say, okay, I would love to have a clearing conversation. I'm going to say with my husband, because that's really easy for me. So then I would say to him, Peter, would it be okay if I book a time with you to have a clearing conversation? He knows the term and he'll go, yeah, I can do it Tuesday between 10 and 11. How long do you reckon it's going to take? And I, I'd say, if you're really open to receiving what it is for me to share with you, It'll probably only take 15, 20 minutes. What I would love to do is drop into our hearts, look into each other's eyes, sit in yab yum, which is a tantric pose, my legs wrapped around his, and hand on heart for each other because that's what we know. It's really hard to fight when you're like that too, just so you know. It's called yab yum, Y-A-B-Y-U-M. And then I would say, I take responsibility. When you told me this, I went into blah, 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 and I got really, really defensive and hurt, and I don't really choose to feel that way anymore. Can you just hear me on this? Now, he doesn't have to fix, heal, or do anything. He just gets to hear. And so I, I go, I don't dump. I just speak to him what was happening for me. Maybe it's from years ago. Maybe it's from now, whatever it is. And then what? And he says, are you complete? And we breathe and look into each other's eyes. This is with my husband. This is not with a boss or whatever because I can't sit in the ab with them and sometimes it's over internet. So no,
0: sitting like, in the ab with your boss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you can if you're dating your boss or you're going to fuck your boss, whatever it is, whatever it is for you. And then if I say to him, I'm complete, would you like to say anything? And if he does most likely it's I'm sorry that was never my intention please forgive me I thank you and I love you and then we would do a tantric kiss and then we would try and leave that exactly where it is and hopefully not revisit it again that's the tricky part depends if the pattern comes up again but that's what a clearing conversation is for me I take responsibility and get heard
0: so when someone approaches a clearing conversation and they're like Miriam, I'm pissed off at you because you did this and it made me feel and um, because of this and um, you're, you really hurt my feelings and it brought up being bullied and, and it's almost from an essence of victim or attacking. How would that not be an effective way to have a clearing
1: conversation? Well, first of all, you didn't ask if I'm free to have it. So it becomes a dumping ground.
0: So what I'm hearing is number one, permission is the most important part.
1: Yes, for me, if you're dealing with me, yes.
0: Yeah. Why is the permission piece so important for an effective clearing conversation,
1: in your opinion? In my opinion, because you don't know what the other person is really going through. You don't know if she's got dying parents. You don't know if she's just dealt with four hours of dementia, um, which is my real story right now because I've got three aged parents. You don't know what that person is going through and you can never presume what's happening for another in the moment that she pissed you off she triggered you, it's really important to say it's now a good time. You can still hold that energy and I could say, no, now's not a good time. However, I'd love to speak to you. I don't want you to sit in this too long because I'd love for you to clear this up with me. My intention is never to hurt anyone. My intention is mm-hmm. for you and me to get on the same page. So yeah, let's speak about it. And let's face it, back.
0: What happens, Miriam, if, say, any one of my clients was listening or any woman that really resonates with the kind of work that we do and they're thinking, actually, I can feel someone in my space right now that I've been thinking of and, yeah, clearing conversation, that's what I get to do. And, okay, I'll ask them permission. I get the purpose of that. Yeah, I can't assume what's going on in their life. And I... It's not right of me to just dump my feelings on them. I mean, I've received text messages in the past where I've said I'm not open to receiving what the person's about to say, and they've sent it anyway. And for me personally, that can feel very invasive. What does the person then do, in your opinion, when the other person is not open? When Beck says to Miriam, Miriam, I'd love a clearing conversation. Can we map out some time and space? Anytime in the next two weeks, it's good for you. And you say, Beck just at this stage of my life right now, I don't have space. I'm a no. What do I then do in that
1: when it's so important to me and you're just not available for it? Great question. And there will be times where I won't, particularly if it's someone that is not on my radar and it's someone that I've triggered in in a space or place where they're the student and I'm the master in that moment. And I might not be available because I get reached out to all the time, just like you. So if it's a no, So if it was a no for that that student person who wanted to have a clearing conversation with me, I would make a suggestion. This might be really good for you. Or I would, again, go and ask for help. You could write it down, burn it, right? And then write the new story of the new relationship with that person that they'd like to see. You can go and get a pillow and go, fuck you, and and really get it out of your body. Like, she triggered me and then, and then, and then. You can do so many different things. You don't have to always voice it. You could type out a text message and not send it and just read it back to yourself and go, okay, where did I play a part in this? Where did I play in the So Byron Katie it, basically. Mm. Miriam should have done this, this, and that. Is it true with a capital T? Because there's your truth, my truth, and Beck's truth, like the real truth. You taught me that. So there's All these different ways of doing it, you don't actually have to have the person because if everything touches everything, and it does, if I'm not available for a conversation somewhere in the ethers, I will feel you doing work to clear it on me, which is why we get so psychic and telepathic and all of those great things. So you don't have to talk to the person to have a clearing conversation. It's better, in my opinion, if you do, because then you can both feel it and heal from it. But if you don't, you just get to find a different way. It's like sacred circle. May I refer to your speaking, Beck? You say no. Wow. What I just heard right now, I was really triggered and it brought up for me, blah, 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 blah. I'm not referring to your speaking. I'm rephrasing it.
0: And the one thing that I really want to add on that is sometimes the courageous pieces, Beck, I'm using Beck and Miriam as examples here, but sometimes, say Miriam is my very close friend and she's done something that, in my eyes has been upsetting or offensive to me. Miriam is none the wise. Miriam just thought she as being Miriam has no idea that Beck's upset. And then Beck could be in her wounds, in her little girl. I don't want to bring this to her. What if Miriam doesn't want to be my friend anymore? If I was to really speak my truth and Miriam might not even be available for my truth. Sometimes the breakthrough is in just requesting saying, Miriam, something's gone on for me. There is a time and space for a conversation about it. And that can be breakthrough enough because that was the courage to bring it forward. Then Miriam can be like, you know what, Beck? I've got so much on my plate right now. For the next two weeks, I'm not available. Beck could go and have her own ceremony, her own process, her writing it down, her smashing the pillow. And then after two weeks, the energy could be complete. Or in two weeks when Miriam's available for it, Miriam could come to me and the trigger might have dissipated entirely because I've already done my work. And it could be like, wow, this thing that happened between us, it really sent me into a spiral. I went through this whole thing and I asked you for a conversation. Felt really scary because all my rejection stuff by women came up and then I did what I had to do and now it's done. I can share it with you, but there's no charge there. And so I can bring myself to my own breakthrough without the other person facilitating it. And just the ask alone can be breakthrough enough.
1: Do you agree? Absolutely. The power is you are perfect, whole and complete, just not finished yet. And you always have the answers within if you sit long enough with yourself. In the sadness, in the happiness, in the joy, in the death, because I will be sitting through death very soon, I think. Death of my dog, death of my parents, it will be soon. So I'm not going to seek how do I deal with grief, because everyone's way of dealing with grief is different. I'm going to be sitting in it
0: powerful and when someone says to you but how do I sit in it I don't want to sit in it Miriam I just want to scroll on Instagram or date a new person or go on a holiday or drink a cocktail or fuck five men this weekend just to avoid being present to it how do you have the courage to just
1: sit in it
0: you choose it and there's
1: nothing wrong Mm -hmm. with going fucking five men and having a cocktail and you know ultimately do what feels best for you in the moment Do what feels best for you because, you know, God put all these fucking ayahuasca and marijuana and alcohol and all these things on the planet and Adam and Eve and Pinch Me Well went down to the sea to bathe. Adam and Eve drowned. Who do you think was saved? Pinch Me Well, right? So you have to pinch yourself so well to know what is right and what is wrong. Basically, anything you do, we're all going to die. We're all going to live. It's how we choose to do it and what feels aligned, redefined, and untethered for myself. I can't tell you how to sit. For me, it's five minutes. And then my mind starts. For me, it's sometimes, hmm. The moment I do that, I've got nothing running through my mind. And then I can drop into peace. It's how you want to do it and what feels good. I never do anything that doesn't feel good. Generally speaking, I don't. gets me into a lot of shit. Fuck yes. So
0: Miriam's not saying, sit with your legs crossed, with your fingers together, like for an hour, being with your grief or being with your pain or being with your fear. Miriam's saying, do what feels good and sit with it. But sitting with it doesn't need to be 60 minutes. It could be 30 seconds. All right. I've never done this before, but I want to ask you before we wrap up a few words and what they really mean to you in your life. Are you open to it? Yeah, of course. I thought it would be like a game. Okay. So starting with the word sex, how important is sex to you and
1: what does sex mean for you in your life? Is it one word I've got to come with up with? No, you can come up with sentences, whatever you come up with. Sex changes as you change, in my opinion. So it's creativity for me. And it's not just creativity, it's closeness, it's connection. It's different to when I was 20, 30 and 40. It's much different now in my fifties, because my body has changed, and so has his. So it's more into me see and intimacy and connection. It's not that any time, any place, do it this way, upside down, on the wall, glue me back. yeah, it's not it's not the experimental stage when when we first got together. It's very, very different, and now, because I don't bleed, sex to me is what is coming through me. What can we dedicate this to? For, I've got a lot of sick children right now as well. So I might, when we connect, it will be, I'm in my mind dedicating it to all the sick children I'm holding right now. And so then the energy of that riding that wave is super healing and connects to God. It's very different energy. It's tantric and I can't control it. Beautiful.
0: I love it. Um. Money, the energy of money, what role
1: does money play in your world and what is your relationship to money? It keeps changing. Before this podcast, um, I heard Pete get on the phone to our whatever you call those people that invest your money and I heard him say, she's got too much money in the bank. And I was like, my card got stolen yesterday. What do you mean I got to Like money is forever evolving for me. Money is no difference to love and fear. Uh, money is godlike the more I have of it the more I can give away and I don't talk about what I do do with my money because Mm -hmm. it's not something that I need to tell everyone however Mm -hmm. the more you have of it the more you can disperse and the more you can save the trees if that's your mission buy the forest don't wrap yourself around a tree Mm -hmm. buy all the trees and this forest is safe if that's your thing So the more money I make, the more people I can help. Mm, I love that. God,
0: what role has God played in your life and how important is God to you?
1: God is everything to me right now. I used to, as a shaman and everything, believe that there was all these different energies like the angels and all that. I don't disbelieve the angels or anything like that. But now if I'm, so say, God forbid, God forbid something happened to you, for you or as whatever, I would go straight to God, not to your guardian angel, not to anyone. I can see all of those straight to God. God, please look after Rebecca. God, please see that she travels safely to Austin, Texas, and she comes back perfect, whole and complete, well-loved, well-nurtured, well-seen, and you know ignites that room, doesn't dim a light for anyone. God to me is everything. And I'm not a religious person. However, I think I am but i just don't go to synagogue to prove it
0: yeah i um i love my relationship with god but i have a a weird relationship with the word religion and i just remember being a child and thinking god would never make me sit in this stupid room and say these stupid prayers and i was so even now um one of the prayers that we that we used to be made to recite like Lord I am not worthy to receive you but only say the word and I shall be healed. I remember being a teenager and thinking, my God would never force me to say these words that I'm not worthy to receive. So my God and my church is definitely the ocean. Personal freedom. What does personal freedom mean to you? And how do you do you feel personally free, Miriam?
1: Personally free, yes. When like For instance, I'm going for the next 10 days, whenever it is, I'm going to be free, free of my animals, free of my husband, free of my children on some level, totally free to do whatever it is that I want to do whenever I want to. But my soul, if I'm in this house or in the RV or anything, I am free. I'm literally a free spirit. I'm married. I don't cross the boundaries, but inside of myself, I'm totally free, really free to do anything and everything I want. And I'm sure if I wanted outside of something, I'd just have to speak it and I'd still be free. And how important do you think it is
0: as women that we really learn to use our voices and ask other women to
1: support and help us on our journeys? Oh, fuck. Women are such potent, medicinal, incredible, beautiful in all our shapes and sizes. Without my women friends, young and old, I would not be where I am today. My good teachers and my bad, I love women so much. I didn't always, but it's so important. If one of your woman friends can't speak her voice, then it's your responsibility on some level to teach her or show her her rite of passage to use her chakra system so that she can be heard. If she's willing, if she's not willing and she wants to play a doormat and she doesn't want to be seen, Then she's not ready yet, but you still get to nurture and love her. I want to hear you. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I can't hear you. And the more deaf I play in in teaching someone to use their voice, it can be playful as well. Women are fantastic. I fucking love women. Love them. And we're
0: funny. If anyone got to be a fly on the wall and hear mine and Miriam's phone conversation, Miriam, I told them last week I told them about the extra dildo strapped to Jake's chin in the sex toy store. I was like, I have got to tell. story. No one thought it was as funny as you thought it was. I'm like, I hope the rest of the audience thinks it's as funny as Miriam found it because Miriam was cracking up. I was, but you're see, um, you make me laugh. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah, and humour is my favourite medicine. Me too, my favourite. Finally, Miriam, final question that I always ask all raw real and vulnerable guests. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. What does it mean to be raw, real and vulnerable in your own life? It means
1: don't dim my light to fit in anywhere, including family. Speak my truth, even when someone doesn't want to hear it. If they're asking me a question, I'm not going to lie. And most importantly is, is if I'm not hurting anyone, I'm living... In the eyes of God, nothing is hidden. Really, I'm just doing the best I can in every moment, and sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's not. Who gives a fuck. We're all gonna die in the end. Eat the fuck what you want <laughs> on all levels.
0: I mean, oh my God! Yes, including this massive,
1: thick microphone in front of you. <laughs> Oh, my God, she said so many funny things before we started the, the podcast. It wasn't even funny.
0: <laughs> we were really talking about the <laughs> thickness and the shape and the width of this <laughs> microphone and what we would do with it and how I could easily just close down my coaching business and start an OnlyFans by, you know, just doing yeah. some things to this thing. Anyway, <laughs> Miriam, you might be on fire. Thank you for being my permission, slip. The woman who teaches me through her own way being to be more of myself. Thank you on behalf of myself and any single one of my audience who resonates with the herpes virus for being the guiding, shining light as I made my way through my journey so that I could be a voice for so many women who have not yet found theirs, but will. I'm holding the vision for all women breaking through and breaking free from this. Um, You're an absolute blessing to my life. If more women... Love, men whoever's listening to this would love love love
1: love to get more of your miriam goodness where do they find you you can find me on miriam brewer underscore you can find me on clubhouse still you can find me on marco polo i have a beautiful shared cast you can just reach out to me and i'll send you the link that's practices with miriam on a daily basis and facebook you're amazing miriam brewer
0: thank you so much for being with us today bye i love you Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this
1: episode.